Welcome to Fit Body Happy Joints. My name is Shannon. Today I have a little bit of a different episode for you. I was recently interviewed on Figuring It Out with Haley Miller, and we had a great conversation. And I just thought maybe some of you will resonate with some of the things that we talk about. It's a little bit more of a casual conversation, so different than kind of my usual podcasts, which are succinct and to the point. So mixing up a little bit this week, and uh, I talk about my story. I talk about how I was kind of using, you know. Th- physical therapy as kind of a band-aid for my over-exercise. We talk about HIT, we talk about structuring your workouts, and I think maybe some of you will enjoy this more conversational podcast, and if not, don't worry because I'll be back next week with my usual succinct episode. So hope you enjoy this conversation. Here is my interview with Haley Miller. You know what? I don't even know how I found you. You just like popped up on my Instagram and I'm like, oh my gosh, she's adorable. And like, look at all these cute outfits. And then I discovered ah. your workouts and I'm like, this is amazing. Um, do you do the workouts or what do you do for your workouts? I've done a couple. I jump around from like thing to thing to thing. Yes. And what also like, I definitely want to like get into that around like creating a sustainable program because I like so many people just have a hard time figuring out what works for me. I, in the past was a really big runner, ran myself into the ground, basically like so many injuries and just like mentally pushed myself beyond my capabilities, like undernourishing myself, overworking out with like weight spinning, running, like nothing was ever enough. And just like totally depleted myself. And it was for all the wrong reasons, you know? So I am, I've like really kind of rediscovered a different relationship with exercise where it's like additive and enjoyable in my life versus something that I like have to do to be like a certain look a certain way. Oh my gosh. Well, I feel like that is so common for women in our generation. Unfortunately, it's like exercise is punishment for what I did this weekend for what I ate and drank this weekend instead of like how is this going to build me up and actually affect me in the long term versus like, what can I burn off? <laughs> it's yeah. like, you're not alone there at all. Yeah. But this isn't about me. It's all about you. So I would well, love to No, I, people resonate with stories, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but I would love to hear how you got into exercise and how you got into this specific kind of exercise. Yeah. So I have a weird history with exercise. Um, you know, I was never super athletic in high school or anything like that, but I always loved, like I was a cheerleader and I loved that. And I got into yoga like early in college and I started teaching yoga early in college. And that's pretty much, I did like a little bit of weights and whatever. And I taught some other types of exercise. Like I taught weightlifting, like body pump and turbo kick and all of those things. Um, but yoga was really like what felt the best in my body. And then I went to physical therapy school after grad school. And during that time, I started developing what I can now call like an unhealthy relationship with exercise and with food. Um, and, you know, I started teaching more. I started lifting heavier weights. I was exercising sometimes like two, three times a day. Um, I honestly think that part of the reason that this became such an issue with me was because of my fitness watch. And of course you can't blame an external circumstance for your problems always. But for me, that was like kind of a trigger for me. And because I was like, so focused on like hitting calories, like burning enough calories, eating below that amount, um, burning off as much as I could. And my body finally hit a place where it was completely broken down. I injured my back squatting heavy. I, um, wasn't actually gaining any muscle. Like I was thin, but I wasn't like, my body didn't look healthy. Like I remember my mom being like, are you okay? Like, you look really not good. Um, and my, I hurt my back. I hurt my hip. I hurt my wrist. I hurt my shoulder. Everything felt like it was falling apart. And I was like 24 years old. (laughs) So it was not okay. And it was so strange because it was almost like this badge of honor. Like I would go into my physical therapy's office, my physical therapist's office, or I was getting massages every week. I would go into their offices and be like, 
I feel like my body is completely falling apart. Like, haha, like, look how hard I work. Like my shoulder, oh, my hip, oh, I'm a mess. And it was almost like, it's because I'm so dedicated to my fitness. That's how I kind of felt about it. And I just was like, and I remember telling when I graduated physical therapy school, started treating clients who were dealing with the same thing. I remember telling them like, you know, it sucks because it's kind of the price you have to pay to be fit is that your, you know, your body just kind of hurts. And now I feel so guilty for telling so many people that because I'm like, that is so twisted. Like your workouts should like build you up, not tear you up. And, um, I, you know, after I realized not only was I going through this, but this seemed to be a systemic issue in the fitness industry, especially for people going to fitness classes where their program wasn't necessarily structured. They were overusing their body. They were being told by their, uh, fitness instructor, like push harder, 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 go hard, 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 like, you know, give 110% or go home, you know, all of these things. And so these mindsets were getting ingrained in people and breaking them down and tearing them up. And so that's when I started, um, Evlo and during COVID it was then called Levo rebranded about a year in, and it wasn't until my eyes were opened to a few things about, uh, human anatomy and biomechanics and exercise physics and mechanics that I realized, oh my gosh, like we can be super fit and not break our bodies down, but we just have to work smarter, not harder. Um, so that's ultimately, you know, what became Evlo. And now I work out for less than I ever have. I was totaling it up. I work out for a total of four hours every week and which is much less than the like seven to 10 hours that I used to work out. And yet I have measurably more muscle. I have zero chronic pain. Um, and it's really just my mission to help more women do the same. I love that. And I can relate to almost every single thing that you talked about. I remember when I could barely lift my leg to like cross it over the other one. I had injured myself so badly running and it took me barely being able to like walk without pain to even go to the physical therapist to ask them how to heal. And I remember feeling the same way. Like, wow, I must work really hard. Yeah. And it's wild to think about now because it's like, well, if you don't heal that or keep your body like feeling good and not in pain, how are you going to continue to do that for, you know, years and years? Right. And physical therapy and massage therapists and chiropractors and everything, they are super important. Sometimes you do need some one-on-one attention, but they shouldn't be used as a bandaid, like how I was using it and how so many other people use it. Like, it's like, okay, make me feel better temporarily so that I can go back to destroying myself and then, you know, be on your table again next week. And so until you, I use the analogy, a lot of, uh, stepping on a splinter and you step on a splinter and it hurts your foot hurts. And instead of just removing the splinter, you like rub it and put ointment on it. And it temporarily feels better. Take an ibuprofen. It temporarily feels better, but then the splinter is still there. So you walk on it a little bit more and it hurts again. And it's like, well, why don't we just like remove the splinter instead of trying to like rub stuff on it to make it feel better temporarily. And that's kind of how I feel about exercise. Like if we just remove the things that are breaking your body down and replace them with things that build your body up, you won't have to spend every single week in your you know, PT's office. You won't have to spend every single week getting a bunch of body work done. Not, not that there's anything wrong with those things, but it's just looking at the source rather than treating the symptom. Kind of thinking like from more of a prevention mentality than a Band-Aid mentality. I studied in like a health coaching program um, years ago and really learned a lot about like having like a root cause approach to life and, and learning about like diet and nutrition in a way that like supports your body. But I feel like we don't have those types of like services around exercise. No. You're able to just like jump into a, like a Barry's camp class, or even like, I went to this like mega former Pilates class, which I actually liked after I did it a couple of times, but I easily could have been injured doing it the first time. And I was like, everybody should be required to take like a one-on-one class or like 
understand how your body moves and works so that you don't get hurt. There's like no one-on-one. It's like, here, go jump in the gym and like try and lift this really heavy weight. Totally. And there's little to no regulation in the fitness industry around who is allowed to teach these rooms full of dozens of people. You know, you don't need, there's no governing board that's saying like you fitness instructor are educated enough to be able to lead all of these people without hardly knowing their history, their background, anything like that. I mean, they sign waivers, but that's about it. So it, it, there's no, there's very little lack. There's very little education in many fitness professionals. And not only that, but we have to remember that a lot of these exercise businesses, fitness businesses are there to make money. They're marketing And a lot of times they're marketing to our insecurities. A lot of times they're marketing in, in predatory ways, maybe not intentionally, but I kind of see it as predatory sometimes like using these like athletes to sponsor their stuff that, you know, or, or whatever it is, or using these like fitness models to like promote their workouts when it's like, okay, these fitness models are eating very, very little and it's probably not healthy and we shouldn't like try to look like them because they're also their genetics and everything like that. So it's a very twisted industry. And I always like to like educate people on that so that they can be kind of eyes wide open when they're going into um, certain routines for their bodies. Right. That's why I love your approach and also your background. Like I think your background in physical therapy, and then I know you studied biomechanics and that's kind of like an ongoing field of study for you. What do you think at the time inspired you to study physical therapy, even like to start with? It's just interesting to think how your path has kind of taken all these like interesting turns while you were studying physical therapy, you were then doing yoga and then like overtrained and all kind of like met in the middle, like so serendipitously. It really is. It's, it's strange because I'm now like, oh, this is such an obvious path for me, but it took me for those of you that are struggling with like, what's my path? Like, just know that sometimes it's going to take some time to like fall into it. I actually started as a business major and, um, I worked at a software company and it was my, um, I was supposed to graduate with information systems, technology (laughs) degree and go work at a software company. I had a a full-time job offer after college. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I love yoga. I love the body. I think it's so interesting. I want to learn more. And I kind of had in the back of my mind, I was like, I want to do something with this eventually. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I want to do something with this. And so I went to physical therapy school with the intent just to learn more about the human body. I had up to that point, I had taken a bunch of certifications like yoga certifications, fitness certifications. And I sort of felt like this is great, but it wasn't like scratching the itch. Like it was like, I want to learn more. I want to go deeper. And so that's the reason why I went to physical therapy school um, was to learn, to learn more, not necessarily to be a physical therapist for my whole life. Um, I did end up treating for two years, but that's, that wasn't necessarily the intention of why I went into physical therapy school. And then even in physical therapy school, I felt like I'm not trashing my program. It was amazing, but I felt like there was so much that I still hadn't learned yet about biomechanics, which I learned after school about neurology with it, which I learned after school about, um, getting deep into muscle function, which I learned after school. So yeah, it was, <laughs> it was one of those things that just like one thing led to the other, but it almost had to work like that. Like it almost had to slowly build instead of just being this one thing that, you know, was the breaking point to everything else. Totally. It's almost like just taking the next right step that feels good following the good feeling. That's exactly how it worked. And I think like, yeah, like if you would have asked 21 year old me, like, what would you be doing? I'd be like, I don't know. I'm so lost. Like working at a software company. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. exactly. Yeah. I'm like, this doesn't feel right. Like, what am I going to do with my life? And, and even, you know, two years ago when I was, you know, practicing physical therapist, I kind of felt the same. I was like, ah, I don't know if this is right. Like I'm having fun. I'm enjoying it. But like, and now I, I really do feel like I've fallen into the perfect job for me. I cannot, cannot imagine something better and I'm 30 now. So, you know, it it takes some time. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. And such a good feeling 
to be doing what is the right thing for you. You know, the thing that like lights you up and you feel like you're helping people. And it seems like you have a pretty innate curiosity about the human body and how it function and how it works together to support. I don't even know the right word, but just support itself in general in a really healthy way. Yeah. I, I, that's another reason why I know I'm on the right track. Every week I write a podcast and I do a lot of research for the podcast And that's always my favorite part of the week is like digging in, reading the research and then trying to condense it in ways that like make sense to the lay person. And so I'm like, okay, this is, this is how I know I'm in the right place when I'm like, this is my favorite part of the week is like learning. Totally. I love your podcast. Oh, thank you. I listen to it. It comes out. Is it Thursdays that you release it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll listen to it usually like on my way home from work. And I feel like every single one of the topics I'm like, Oh, I definitely want to know more about that. And you do such a good job breaking it all down and making it understandable because the concepts are complex and it's like, you almost can't just talk about one thing without talking about something else because it's like this huge domino effect. Totally. And that's how our bodies are, right. Is we're not, we're a system. We're not, we really cannot break one thing from the other. And that's why it's so fascinating. Like that's why exercise can, you know, kind of make or break you and not just physically, but emotionally, mentally, your, uh, uh, immune system, it can sleep, it can relationships, it can really have a domino effect. Like you said, on so many different areas of your life, if you feel good and your joints don't hurt and you're strong you're going to be more likely to be more stress resilient, probably be sleeping better, probably be less cranky to your spouse. It really, you know, humans are so freaking complex, which is part of the fun of it, but also important to realize that we can't just separate things as much as we'd like. Which is why the education piece is so important. So thinking back what we were talking about a couple of minutes ago, like the foundations and going into exercise and really having an understanding of the body, what are a few things that people who are thinking about starting to get into an exercise routine, or maybe people who are already working out and are feeling a little bit of pain, what are things we should keep in mind? Let's start with, let's start with, cause they're kind of two separate groups of people in my okay. mind, like the beginners, the ones who, who aren't consistently exercising. And then there's those who are exercising and maybe doing too much. So we'll start with the beginners and my suggestion for that. I always tell people, I think that a lot of people come to exercise, especially beginners come to exercise for the wrong reasons. They come to exercise because they want to lose weight often. And I always say like, if weight loss is your goal, I wouldn't add a bunch of exercise yet. Not that I, not that I don't want people to move more. I for sure do, but nutrition is going to be the most important thing when it comes to weight loss and slowly building muscle. But if you're going to drastically change your nutrition and you're going to add a bunch of exercise, you might burn yourself out really quickly. So I always just tell people focus on your nutrition, maybe start walking. If you're a beginner and weight loss is your goal, just eat, try to eat better and walk more, start there. And then once that becomes like a habit and you will start to see pounds come off, If that's your goal, I understand that's not everyone's goal. And then you can start to slowly add resistance training and resistance training. I always suggest if you're brand new, you know, start really slow, um, start with simple exercises. You don't need to be doing like complex compound movements, like squats and overhead presses and power lifts and things like that. You can start with like body weight step-ups. One of my favorite exercises, body weight step-ups. Um, you can start with like uh, like small range ball crunches. You can start with some bicep curls, things like that, just to get, just to start getting used to loading your body, loading your muscles. Um, of course, I always recommend people joining Evlo and we have a foundations program where we start really slow, start with the basics, body weight, and slowly work up. Um, so that's my advice for beginners. You'll find that, sorry, go ahead. I was going to ask you one question. You really highlighted nutrition there. And I know that you're not a nutritionist, but I know that there's someone on your team does work with nutrition. So with your general knowledge and the understanding that you're not a nutritionist or a dietitian, um, what does like a healthy work or healthy diet look like for someone who is trying to exercise more and also lose weight? Yeah. Um, 
you know, I've interviewed lots of different experts in nutrition about how to fuel around your fitness. And quite honestly, there's not all, there's not a consensus about it. There's lots. Nutrition of, is so confusing. It's so confusing. It's so confusing. I can tell you what I, what I do and what I tinker with. And I always just say like, you know, make sure that you're, make sure you're eating enough. That is one thing that I think is really important that a lot of people don't do is they don't eat enough and they probably aren't eating enough protein. I know personally, when I upped my protein, I saw my body get so much stronger, like within a matter of one month, I gained muscle within a matter matter of one month. Um, so I, I wasn't doing enough of that and it sounds so basic, but I had to track it for a couple of weeks to get some insight into like, oh, wow, I'm like eating half the amount of protein that I should be eating, even though I didn't really realize that. So I did track it for a little while to get used to like, what is eating enough protein look like? Um, so that would be my suggestion again. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a expert on this, but I do know that if you're training and you're not eating enough protein and you're not fueling properly, you won't see results. You just won't because nutrition is like half of the equation, if not more than half the equation. Yeah. Maybe we'll include some of the links to your podcasts on nutrition in the show notes so people can dive a little bit deeper, but what are your favorite protein sources now? My favorite protein sources are, I can tolerate dairy really well. So I love Greek yogurt. I love cottage cheese. I'll do, um, I'll do a protein powder and Greek yogurt and an apple. I'll do that for dessert a lot. Um, or like a quick breakfast. I love eggs. I love, um, all the meats. So I eat chicken. I eat, uh, I eat ground beef. I eat steak. I eat, uh, pork. I I do all of them, but I would say like quick, easy protein sources are cottage cheese and Greek yogurt. Oh, and I love, um, canned. (laughs) I'm interested to see what you think of this. I love, uh, canned sardines. Oh my gosh. Good. So I really want to get into sardines because they are so good for you. Like they're good so good for your brain. They're such good protein. They have such healthy fats. And I have a few cans in my cupboard and I need to just do it. Cause I actually don't mind the taste. I'm just like a little intimidated to like, just open them you up. Gotta, it, it seems, yeah, it's kind of gross. You have to like, well, first off, anybody listening, you have to get boneless, skinless. Do not get the ones with the bones in them because then you will be pulling them out with your hands. Okay. And your hands will smell like so yeah, you got to get, but do you have boneless, skinless ones in your pantry? Unclear. I'll have to check after. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> check that before you open it. Um, but yeah, you have to kind of just like close your eyes and just go and get used to it. Hot tip. Hot tip. Yeah. But um, I put it with, uh, a little avocado mayo, chopped celery, chopped pecans, chopped apple, and artichokes. And it's kind Yum. of makes like this sardine salad. And I put it over greens. It's so good. And it tastes like tuna. To me, it tastes better than tuna. Because it's like salty, right? It's very salty. So if you like, and I love salt, me like too. more salt, the better. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it's yummy. I'll have to try it. Let okay. me know I will. I will. I'll, I'll tag you on Instagram when I, when I make my sardine yeah, salad, Yeah, I'll be <laughs> boneless, watching. skinless sardine salad. You boneless, don't want to see me yeah. pulling out like sardine bodies. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Awesome. Thanks for sharing those. I think like sometimes like diving a little bit deeper into some of those recommendations is really helpful. I love um, it. so then on to the non-beginners people who might be, who are like either have like a really consistent exercise plan or might be overdoing it a little bit. Yep. So One of the main things that I see people do, especially like in our generation or millennials is they overdo the spin. They're overdoing the hit. They're overdoing the boot camp, and they're going to these classes every single day that are working the same muscles every single day and, and, or they're not choosing exercises that are like high reward, low risk. So so they're stressing out their joints, but they're not actually getting the benefit of really accurately loading their muscles. So what happens is their body goes into inflammation mode, hormone levels start to spike and they start to see, um, you know, the reverse effect of what they're looking for, which is probably to like be healthier, feel better, improve body composition maybe. And 
they end up over time having the reverse effect. So they end up, their joints end up hurting. They might start to add body fat, um, might start to, you know, have low mood, have low energy, things like that, because they're overdoing and overusing their muscles. So one of my biggest recommendations is to have the cornerstone of your training be resistance training and really tailor your weeks so that you're not working the same muscles on consecutive days. So if you're doing legs on Monday, like do legs on Monday and then Tuesdays, you're not working legs. You know, you can work maybe core or upper body, but you're not, or you're you're doing some light cardio, whatever. And then, you know, Tuesday, maybe you're doing arms Wednesday, maybe you're doing core, et cetera, et cetera. And what you'll find is that you actually have to do less work and you see better results from that work that you're actually putting in. Um, so that's like my big recommendation. I have a whole podcast on, uh, seven mistakes that millennial women make in their workouts. And again, I think a lot of it is from, you know, our conditioning that we've got to work harder. We got to, if, if I didn't sweat in my workout, what was the point, (laughs) which is total dogma. Same with calories. Like if I didn't burn a lot of calories, what's the point? My body's not going to change. So start looking at really creating a resistance training exercise routine that is balanced and that isn't overusing your muscles and isn't just working harder for the sake of working harder and burning calories, but is working smarter. Um, so there's, there's a lot more that I could get into, but I think that's my number one recommendation. I think that if I read that blog post or listened to the the podcast, I would check off the boxes on every single one of them. And it's so funny too, because I like I know this stuff, you know, I know not to overuse my body. And I know there have been times when I haven't, and I felt so much better, but I always go back to the, like overdoing it. If I don't wake up the next day and I'm not sore, or if I didn't spend X amount of time in the gym and didn't put it with a little bit of cardio, like it's not enough. And I try to like figure out why that is, if it's like almost like a control mechanism for me to like, okay, this is like the one thing in my life that I know I can control. Nobody has to force me to go to the gym. I love it. So I'll, I'll get there. No problem. And then I can control how much I do. And I also think with social media, just like seeing other people and like how they look in comparison, it's like such a driver for that, like never enough. Oh, totally. That's one of the biggest things that, you know, our members struggle with is feeling like they've done enough. And I think like when you slowly start to educate yourself that, um, this whole working smarter, not harder thing is like better for you in the long run. And you start to get nitty gritty and use examples and talk about each thing in detail and educate yourself. You really start to realize like, Oh, I don't need to do this. And then, you know, the control thing is an interesting thing because to me, that's like, to me, that that's harder for me to talk about because I think a lot of people do that or they go to the gym because it's like mentally clearing and like a hard workout makes them feel, it makes them clear something out emotionally or mentally. And to me, I'm like, okay, there's 100% value in that. And if that's helping you get through whatever you need to do, like carry on, but like, let's strategically add those in those types of workouts into your routine so that they're not working against you. If you're like, I, Hey, I love to go to a spin class and just go all out and push myself like that. Okay. Let's put that on a day where you're not doing legs the day before. And, you know, let's make sure like, let's tailor your schedule so that you can do that. And yet you're not having the opposite effects. You're not, ha- your, your body's not backfiring on you, so to speak. Right. I also think, and this is probably not true for everybody, but for me, in terms of the control, it, it, the hard workout does feel like a release sometimes, but if I can get myself to not do that, laying on the couch and reading a book also feels like a big release, but in a very different way. But I think in that conditioning, that things have to be hard to be good. Um, it's like built up in our systems over time. I mean, it's American, it's American culture. Like yeah, that's how we are with everything. Hustle mentality is the American way. 
And it's so fascinating because Americans are some of the most unhealthy in the world. And yet we have this culture of like, go, 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 go. And like, and then we look at someone, um, we look at like Italian culture where their culture is like much more laid back. It's much more family focused. You're not working that hard and they drink wine and eat pasta every single day. And they're living like, you know, really long lives and healthy lives. So it's like, there's something to this idea that this grind culture is embedded into every single thing we do. And the fitness industry is no exception. And it really isn't doing us any favors for our long-term health. Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree more. And it's just, I think the education piece is huge. Like listening to things like your podcast and taking an Evlo class to really understand and connect the action with the result. So it's like, okay, I know that I'm doing this movement and it has this benefit for my body, perhaps visually or aesthetically at some point, if that's my goal, but also to allow me to move throughout my life, you know, well, I want to be able to pick up a kid when I'm 75 years old or go skiing with my family and don't want to be left out of those things because I've injured myself over the years of like beating up my body. Yes. It's, I cannot tell you how many clients that I had as a physical therapist who looked amazing and they could like squat, they could squat twice their body weight and they could, you know, or run a marathon or whatever. And they were like coming to me because they were like, I can't do the basic things that I want to do in my life. I can't sit um, on a plane because my back hurts so bad. Or like, I can't like run around the yard with my kids because my knees are killing me. And so it's like, what's the point? And like, what's great <laughs> yeah. is that like, you know, you, you don't, it doesn't have to be that way. Like you, like I said, like I, I have more muscle and our clients tell us this, our members tell us this all the time. They're like, I have more muscle now than I was work than when I was working quote unquote harder in the gym. But it's just that when you, you can load your muscles more specifically and that can give you better results than if you're just working it harder. It's kind of like, I don't know if everyone will relate to this. Maybe you will. It's kind of like in business, the hard things that you do aren't necessarily the highest payoff things that you do. So it's like, and, and I'm sure I could, I'm sure there's lots of other examples. I'm not, nothing's coming to my brain right now, but that's how it is in, work, in your workouts too, right? Just because it's harder doesn't mean it's higher payoff. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier that you are only like working, not, sorry, not only that's a terrible way to say it, that you it's in comparison to your like seven to 10 hours a week, you're working out four hours a week. Yes. What does that structure look like? And is it what you do at Evlo and how does that support you and the users at Evlo to work smarter and not harder? Yes. And thank you for saying not only because four hours for some people might not be in the cards. And I completely understand that, that, and you can see results with doing less than that. So I don't want anyone to think like, I don't have four hours. I'm never going to be fit. No, it's not true. No, um, I think you could work out like any amount of working out is good. And I caught myself yes. as I was saying it no, I'm glad in relation did. to your previous, um, previous exercise regime. No, because I think I, I'm glad you did. Because I think I said that I said only four hours, and okay. I, I didn't want anyone. To I'm so I'm glad you said that. But um, yeah, so I the workouts that I do are I don't work out outside of teaching. Besides, um, I do uh, Peyton, who is one of our teachers. I do her upper body build class on Tuesdays. I don't usually teach on Tuesdays, so I get to take her upper body build class. But my my workouts are. Uh, and you can cut this out if this is boring to anyone, but <laughs> no, we want to hear it. Okay. Okay. Um, Mondays I do, uh, I teach lower body build and, um, that's like a 35 minute class. And then I do a short low impact cardio burst class. It's like 15 minutes, including warm up and cool down. Um, Tuesdays I take upper body build with Peyton Wednesdays. I do burn, which is like core focused and that's like Pilates inspired. And then I follow that with a short, 15 minute cardio burst class. That's like hit the hit portion of the class, which we could talk about hit in a second. If you want, um, is really short. It, the work portion is like five minutes, but it's all out five minutes and then you're done. Um, Thursdays is our bar class where we kind of work different muscle groups. And then Friday is our full body class where we're doing a little lifting, a little hit, 
um, and a little Pilates at the end. So that's it. And then outside of that, like, you know, I do try to stay active. I try to walk at least 10 minutes a day. Um, sometimes it doesn't happen, but I think I average, I was just looking at my, my phone. Um, I think I average like 4,000 steps a day. So it's really not that much, but, um, I do try to get out and walk as well. So that's really it. That's great. And feels, does that feel sustainable to you? Totally, totally. And I take, I take Saturdays and Sundays completely off exercise. I might, like I said, I might, you know, go play volleyball on the beach or take a walk or whatever, but I'm not resistance training at all. And I do think that getting my muscles, those two consecutive days off has helped me so much stasis recover from my workouts from the week and feel fresh on Monday. It's so great. Mm -hmm. Like I actually look forward to my workouts on Monday because I'm not super sore and worn down and exhausted. And I really do think that that helps uh, with consistency is taking those two days off. I feel like not many fitness instructors recommend a full two-day rest, but isn't that like full rest day when your muscle fibers actually, I'm not scientific at all, like kind of like make their way back together and actually have an opportunity to like grow and repair Yeah. That's when the, that's when the protein synthesis happens is during the recovery, the work, the exercise is what's breaking down and tearing apart the the fibers and the rest, the recovery is what is actually building you up. So your workouts are only as effective as your ability to recover from them. Most people are not giving themselves enough time to recover from their workouts in between. And so they're just breaking their bodies down and just like chipping away without actually giving giving your muscles time to grow back, which is why they don't see results and why they oftentimes don't feel very good. And is that why you recommend not doing like a full body every day? So kind of selecting muscle groups to do the heavier resistance training? Yes. Yes. And you can do full body workouts, but I always like to say, like, if you're going to do full body workouts, I would recommend having a day in between. So do like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then have it, have those Tuesday and Thursday off. Um, and then, you know, not working the same muscle group. So you could do like Monday, you could do like quads, hamstrings, you know, chest and back. And then Wednesday you could do like, you know, uh, glutes, uh, what I say, biceps, triceps, shoulders, or something like abs or whatever. I I think I'm like getting mixed up in my mind, but you know what I mean? You're not working the exact same muscle groups, but it's still like full body. Okay. I think that makes a lot of sense. It might be, I would get myself confused. I think I would have to like have like a chart and write things down. Sometimes I forget if I like I'm doing a workout. I'm like, wait, did I just do my right leg or am I standing on my right leg? Like I I can't remember. I know. And trust me, like I still get like that. Like I have to, we coordinate our muscle groups for the week for every single class so that no one is ever working the same muscle groups. And I still have to go back and look and make sure I'm like, Oh, what muscle groups are we working today? Like I I do highly recommend for anyone listening, write down your schedule and write down. If you're just going to the gym, write down what muscle groups you are going to be working and when, um, the more you can have structure, the better, the better results you will see in the long term for sure. I also love the idea of writing it down to hold yourself accountable. If that's something that you struggle with, like if in your mind you say, oh, I'm going to work out, you know, three days this week for 30 minutes a day. And then it's Monday and you're like, I'm tired. I'll do it tomorrow. And Tuesday, I'm tired. I'll do it tomorrow. Yes. And then the week is gone and you've kind of lost your three days when they're plugged into your calendar. It's like a commitment or a meeting that you have with yourself and makes it so much easier to stay true to that commitment. Totally. Totally. And on that same thing, like when you get to your workout, if you're like dragging, just be like, okay, I'm just going to take, I'm just going to do one set. I'm just going to do one set for all these muscle groups. And then I'm going to be done. And I cannot tell you how many times I I do that when I take upper body, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do half the class because I'm tired today. And then you get into it and you end up a lot of times you end up doing the whole class and, and then you feel great, but totally. I find that the actual exercise gives me more energy which is I'm trying to work out in the morning more because when I work out at night, I get so revived of energy. It's just like in the morning, I'm like, my bed is so comfy and I want to sit here and have my coffee and read a book. (laughs) Yes. Um, It's hard. It's hard because you're like, the mornings are like peaceful. You don't necessarily want to go like hit it hard in the gym. I know. When do you work out? I teach in the mornings. I teach at eight. At eight. Um, Okay. 
Yeah. But if I'm taking class, like I take Tuesdays class, I usually take that in the afternoons. I think like if it were up to me and I didn't, if this wasn't my job, I'd probably work out uh lunch hour. That's probably what I would do. Yeah. That's what I would love to do as well. It doesn't always work with like a full-time a regular schedule, job. a regular, like a real, yeah. So yeah. if I like, have a break in a meeting, sometimes it can work, but I also find if I like break that flow from working, it's really hard to get back into it. Oh, totally. Totally distracting. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to work out at like 10 30 or 11 AM. That would be like my perfect workout window. Yeah. It's like your coffee's hit by that point. You're feeling energized. You're feeling good. I always put like my heaviest lifting tasks and I don't mean physically lifting. I mean like mental lifting, like the things that I have to focus the most on. I always put those at like 10 o'clock because that's when I know I'm going to be the most focused. Me too. Any kind of like creative writing you need to get in the zone. That's my, that's my good hour. Same afternoons, like admin kind of like spreadsheety type stuff (laughs) that I have to think about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) exactly. Um, so I highly recommend that everyone check out Evlo so they can work out with you and your team. But if say they're, they're going to the gym and they want to create a program for themselves, that is smarter, not harder. What would you recommend in terms of warm up and cool down the duration of the workout and the structure throughout the week? Great, great question. So warmups, um, I always like to say moving fluidly through the joints that you plan to target. So if you're working your legs, start from the bottom, you know, roll the feet, like foot circles, bend and straighten your knees. It only needs to be like six or eight reps, roll through your hips, move through your spine, you know, some cat and cow, some twists, things like that. We're not talking about stretching. We're talking about active moving, active fluid movements. Um, and then, and then once your body feels warm, you might, you know, sometimes walking on the treadmill helps some people for like just a couple of minutes then get into your workout. And I always suggest, you know, if we're not going to, if sweating time and calories are not going to be how we measure our workouts, how do we measure our workouts? How do we know they're effective? Well, you, with each set, with each exercise you're choosing, you want to get close to failure in each set. So let's say you're working glutes and you're doing step-ups, which are one of my favorite exercises for the glutes. And we do them in a different way. Um, then like you might see them in the gym, but I always recommend you want to get close to failure, maybe have like three or four reps left before you like could not complete the movement. So you want to be the last few reps of your set should be really challenging. And that's kind of where you want to be. Um, and then, you know, move on to the other exercise, to the next exercise, let that muscle recover for a couple of minutes and then hit it again. Um, you really don't have to do a lot. It just has to be good quality. So I don't recommend wearing a fitness watch and tracking your calories burn. That's a, probably a whole nother podcast that we could talk about the um, myths around that. Um, and then, so you could do that with every single muscle in your body. And then structure, I recommend, you know, a really easy way to do it is if you're going to go to the gym at like three days a week let's say, and then your other days you're going to do, you're going to walk or you're, you maybe you sprinkle in some hit or whatever in your resistance training three days a week. You could do like Monday could be like legs and core Wednesday could be upper body. And then Friday could be legs and core again, or sprinkle in some, some muscles that you didn't work in on Monday or Tuesday or whatever it might be. Um, but I like to really think about your resistance training as your cornerstone and then adding the cardio and the hit, if that's what you want, but doesn't the hit does not need to be overdosed and the cardio does not need to be overdosed. A little goes a long way. I feel like we were all cardio Queens for so long. Like yes, spin. I actually taught spinning for a while. I like totally burned myself out to add onto the other. It was fun for an amount of time. It was more of like a performance than anything else, but, um, um, you know, running elliptical, like I used to spend like 60 minutes on the elliptical in college and we'd all just be like next to each other, like reading magazines, like, you know, like, (laughs) and it's doing you no favor. Like, it's just so funny. Like it really doesn't do anything to actually change your body. 
I don't want to say that it's not doing anything, but like it's, it is improving your cardiovascular endurance, which is great. Um, but a lot of times what people do is they'll overdose the cardio, they'll do too much, and then they're not able to recover from their strength training routine. And again, like I said, your workouts are only as effective as your ability to recover. So if you're not recovering, then, um, you're kind of wasting your time and energy and nobody really wants to be on the elliptical for an hour. It's not very fun. (laughs) It's not fun unless you're watching like real housewives on your phone or something. (laughs) Yes. Which is what I would have to do to get through it. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Um, I was going to ask you something else. Okay. So if someone wanted to like, can they, they like cardio, it's like a mental thing for them. They should just find the point in their structure where it won't impact their strength training because that's the most important component. Yes. Okay. Great question. So if you're going to do, well, let's talk about there's, there's different forms of cardio. So there's HIT, um, which is high intensity interval training. HIT is very heavily researched. It's very, uh, there's lots of benefits to it. Um, but people often do it the totally wrong way. And they do way that, you know, they go to a 45 minute boot camp class. that's like mostly HIT, and that actually isn't super beneficial to our bodies. So HIT is intended to be max effort, extremely short duration. So like 30 seconds on, you know, 30 seconds off. So it's intervals. And the problem with like prolonging that for super long is that our bodies can't go. They physically cannot produce max effort for very long periods of time. So keeping it really brief, not only do you get to that max threshold, but you're not overdoing it. And you know, it's, it's like, exercise is medicine, right? The perf- the right dosage is great for you, but too much is not good for you. So it, that's how it is with HIT. So when you're doing HIT, since most HIT is very leg heavy, like if you're sprinting on a bike or if you're sprinting uphill, or if you're doing jump squats, or, you know, if you're taking your HIT class or whatever it is, I do recommend, um, not doing that the day after your leg day, because it's, you know, your legs are still healing from your resistance training. So I recommend putting a day in between. So if you want to do like legs on Monday, upper body on Tuesday, and then hit on Wednesday or whatever it is. Um, so that's, that's hit. And I, I do not recommend doing more than like two or three hit sessions per week. Three would be the max and really, really short. Like it can be like 20 minutes max, including a warm up and a cool down. So does not need to be long. Okay. And then if we're talking about, um, you know, just more endurance cardio, like walking, jogs, swimming, easy bike rides, things like that. Most of those, if you're, if they're kept at a very comfortable pace, you can do that every day. And it usually doesn't get in the way of your training. It usually won't interfere with your results at all. Um, and then you get into like the in-between there's like the moderate intensity cardio, which is like most spin classes, most things like that. Um, which is you're not getting it could be interfering with your training, with your exercise training, but you're not getting the same benefits as you would if you went up that next level and did the high intensity. So for me, the moderate uh, intensity exercise, although it's good for people's mental health, might not be the place that's going to have the biggest bang for your buck. Um, But that said, if you want to add it in again, maybe just add it in, you know, not on the same day as, uh, or not on the same day or keeping a day in between when you're working your legs. Okay. I hope that made sense. That was a lot. No, it makes a ton of sense. And what does it feel like to feel recovered and ready to work out again? Because I find at least for me, I could be like, oh, I'm recovered. Like my mind will be able to push me past what my body's capabilities might be. And my body won't be screaming at me, but it might not be ready. Such a good question. Um, I did a whole podcast on this. There's two really objective ways to measure if you're recovering. Cause it is kind of arbitrary and like subjective. It's like, I don't know, like I feel fine, but am I fine? Are my muscles recovered? It's hard to tell. So one way that's really easy, easy and simple is grip strength. So literally like, can you grip something hard? You know, when you're sick and you feel like your hands are weak and you feel like you like can't hold something or I don't, I don't know if anybody else experiences that, but I always feel that when I'm sick, it's because your body isn't, is in a state of stress. It's in a state of like, we're recovering. Um, so this, you can apply the same thing to exercise. If your body is not recovered, you will have weaker grip strength. There are, uh, dy- dynamometers that can measure your grip strength and tell you like, if your body is recovered, you can buy those on Amazon. I have one and I sometimes use it. 
but you can just, you can do it with like a stress ball or a sock or something and just squeeze it and see like, can I produce a lot of good output in my hand or does my hand feel like kind of weak? And grip strength is a really good indicator of overall strength and stamina in your body. So if you feel weak in your hands, probably means you're not recovered. That is so interesting. I love, like I can, I can, I know what that feels like when I'm not feeling well or I have a cold yes. or just, you know, really under the weather. Um, yes. so that is such a good tip. Yes. Um, okay. Women weights getting bulky myth, not a myth. What kind of weight should we be using to not like get bulky? And again, everybody's body is so different and builds muscle at different rates, but yes. in general. So let's just break down what getting bulky actually means, um, and what's happening there. So what happens when women get bulky is that they are building lean mass, they're building muscle, but they might not necessarily be losing the fat that's on top of the muscle. So they're gaining overall mass. Now this isn't necessarily always a bad thing. And, you know, it can actually be improving your body composition. Like if you were to step on a scale, you would have a better percentage of lean mass to fat mass when you're building the muscle. And sometimes that just means, you know, if you feel like you're getting bulky, it might just mean adjusting nutrition or whatever to lose the fat. Cause again, a lot of people are coming to exercise for fat loss instead of coming to exercise for building muscle and using nutrition as their primary fat loss tool. Um, so that's what getting bulky is. Now, everyone will have a different degree of how easily they put on lean mass. Some people will put on lean mass faster than they lose fat mass. So they might feel like, oh, I start a strength training routine and I immediately get bulky like a month in. And that could be why just genetically they gain, you know, muscle really easily and they don't lose fat as easily. So again, it's not that they need to be afraid of strength training. Um, strength training is one of the best things that women can do and all women should be doing it, especially like now at our age, because when we hit menopause, our muscles starts rapidly, we start rapidly losing muscle. It's much harder to gain muscle at that time. So, um, I think, you know, if you're afraid of getting bulky, really maybe seek some advice about nutrition and like focus on nutrition and focus on eating enough protein, um, and lifting weights. If, if, if you are losing fat and gaining muscle, you'll be really happy. I think with your, (laughs) I think so Um, too. Yeah. So you have some advice with Evlo and on your site about how someone can find the right weight for them, right? Yes. Okay. Perfect. I, I always just recommend, we just have some general advice. Like, you know, if you feel like you can't do like a clean rep, then it's too heavy. Um, but I always recommend, you know, like beginners start with, you know, eight to 10 pounds for their heavy weights and just slowly go out or body weight, just start using your body weight and get used to the movements, get used to how they feel in your body. And then I, we always say like, if you're getting to the end of the set and you're not feeling what we call cooked, which means like your muscle, like you're getting close to that failure point, then it's time to go up in resistance. Um, but I always say you have the rest of your life to work out. So let's not rush it and injure ourselves and frustrate ourselves and burn ourselves out. Let's just start really slow and build the foundations because we got the rest of our life to do this. There's no deadline. That is such great advice. I feel like sometimes when we work out, we have like a certain goal in mind and we want, we just want everything to happen so fast and slow and steady here. I think especially like wins the race to be very cliche. Yes. Um, I would say gentle consistency always wins over intense inconsistency always. Yeah. If you're gently, gently, (laughs) gently consistent, (laughs) gently consistent for a year, you will be different. And by this time next year, there's no doubt, but if you're intense and you're inconsistent, you'll probably be in the same spot this time next year. Yeah. And I think too, like for anybody who's listening is like, oh my gosh, a year is a long time. Like you can see progress along the way too. And so it's just being mindful about like the small shifts and maybe all the shifts like won't be physical, but there might be like a mental shift or clarity or something else feels different versus just what's in the mirror. Yeah. You're sleeping better. You have better energy. You look forward to your workouts. You like move better. Your joints don't hurt. Those are all amazing progressions that ultimately will lead to your ability to stay consistent in your workouts. And that's consistency. We all know is where the results happen. 
Yeah. Well, you've shared so much incredible information and so many like actionable tips. And so I'm so excited for people to hear this. What is like one thing that you wish everyone knew about exercise and functional movement? I wish I would love to see people shifting their mindsets away from how many calories can I burn? How hard can I work? And more towards the the work smarter, not harder. I think that would be my one thing. Awesome. And then tell us a little bit about Evlo and where, am I saying it right? I've been saying yeah. Evlo. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're <laughs> like, right. I've said it 10 times. Have I been saying it right? Um, tell us about Evlo, where people can find you, where people can find Evlo and how they can get started if they're interested. Yes. So I have a podcast. We do lots of nerdy educational stuff. That's it's called fit body, happy joints, fit body, happy joints. And, um, Instagram is Dr. Shannon DPT and evolofitness.com. We have a four EVLO fitness.com. We have a 14 day free trial. So you can get in there and just start taking the classes and see how they feel in your body. And there's no risk. You can always cancel. It never hurts my feelings. <laughs> I want to make sure that everyone there is, is there for the right reasons and feels like it's a good fit. Awesome. And the last question I ask everybody is what does living well mean to you? Oh man. Hmm. So hard to condense this down to like one answer. It's okay. You can, it can be whatever you want it to be. It can be multiple things. You can just be a big run on sentence. I like (laughs) most of the, like most of the things I say are, um, that would be on brand for me. Um, I, I honestly think living well is the ability to dip and dive and navigate through different challenges of your life and change things and experiment and not be rigid in your ways. Um, I've had to do that with many things in my life. So I think that's what it, what I'd have to boil it down to. I love that. Thanks for sharing. And thanks for sharing like so much about your story too, and being open to like being vulnerable about that piece. I think it's really helpful in helping other people connect with something like bigger than just working out for calories or the way it looks in the mirror about like really creating a body that feels good. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. Thank you for giving me the space to do that and making me feel comfortable. I loved it. Of course. Thank you so much. Yay. Thank you.
So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Like I said, a little different, a little more conversational, but I really enjoyed speaking with Haley. Make sure to go check out her podcast. It's called Figuring It Out, and we will see you all next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now.